Hello and welcome to the Imaginology Way podcast, where we talk about all things hypnosis, well-being and real magic. In the first part of this week's episode, I'm going to be answering some questions that have come in from you, the kind listeners. And in the second part, we're going to start to introduce the subject of the daily mindset. Well, the first question I want to answer this week is probably about as simple as it gets. How do I ask a question? <laughs> Which is a good question in itself. It hadn't dawned on me the fact that uh, the podcast goes out through many different channels and then people struggle to find me. So uh, in the show notes, I will put links to things like my Facebook group and uh, Instagram and my email address as well so that people can ask questions if they want to do so. For those that have managed to find me and uh, have posed questions, hopefully we'll be able to answer some today. So before I answer the first question, I probably need to give a little bit of a more rounded background to uh, the questions I'm receiving. I've started getting questions and uh, it's made me think, which is kind of awesome, which is what it's all about really getting that dialogue going. But I had to think where the question had come from. So clearly, ideally, I'd like to answer questions that have been posed based on things that have been listened to in the podcast. However, once you start putting things out there uh, onto the internet, people start to find things. And it was this first question. I don't recall ever having spoken about it, but then I remembered it was a comment I'd made uh, probably on a website. So what I'm going to try and do is when I answer a question, I'll make sure that I give enough background to the question that it sort of stands alone. And that way, everybody begins to learn. The whole point of you taking the time and effort to listen to this podcast, hopefully, is because like me, you want to grow. Like me, you want to be able to find those little hints and tips that just makes the daily grind just that little bit more bearable. So, to our first question. And the first question came um, from a lady who had been reading some uh, something I'd written. And it was the fact that I'd put that happiness isn't just moments of joy, nor is it just putting up with your lot. And the specific question was, but if I only get a little bit of joy every now and again... I just kind of feel lost in a sea of no happiness. So I gave it some thought and I got asked the question on the fly. And I explained it like this. And hopefully this might give you some thinking. What I said was, we have these moments of joy in our life. But if you were to visualize a picture of your life, a great life, a life that you desire and deserve, and you were to draw that out, doesn't matter how good an artist you are, but you were to draw that out in a line drawing, and just put dots on it, like the old dot-to-dots we used to do when we were young. And if you think of those dots as being those moments of joy, then you'll have the moment of joy, you'll experience it, and then you'll be looking out for the next one. So the idea is that you start to paint your own future, your own life, based on things that bring you joy. The next question I got asked, well, I got asked a number of questions, and they were kind of around the same subject, so I'm going to try and put them together. Um, The first question was, well, what if I've got nobody at all who can help me with anything? And the other one was somebody who was saying that, uh, well, I've just got so many people, I don't know who to ask. And they pretty much boil down to the same thing through conversation. See, we live in a world now often dominated by the social medias, and of course it's complex at the moment because a lot of people are having to live within these uh, bubbles and extender bubbles. And of course, we forget about the people who are there 
with us on a daily basis. People often don't even see them in their mind's eye that they could potentially help them. And then I've got the other people who are sort of saying, well, I've got thousands of friends on uh, on my social medias. I don't know how to help. But of course, they're not real friends. And this is what led to almost the same conversation by the end, which I thought was kind of fascinating and worthy of mentioning. And it was along these lines that throughout our lives, we develop long-term relationships with people that really matter. People that are going to be there for us. And a couple of things came to mind that people have mentioned to me in the past, and I kind of like simple models. It helps me, A, remember things, and B, to be able to explain things. And one was that we become the average of the five people that we surround ourselves with. Now, that number can obviously go up and down, but when you really give some thought to that, it makes absolute sense. Because those people that you're spending most of your time with, having conversation with, doing things with, you are going to kind of become an average in a way. I mean, it's not a clear science by any stretch of the imagination. But what it does is teach us a number of things. It teaches us that it's right for us to help people, people on the journey, whether that's our children as they grow and develop, and also to talk to our elders and make sure that we can learn from them. So we learn from those around us who've got knowledge that we haven't got. And it's an opportunity for us to impart knowledge to those people who haven't got it. So I kind of liked that idea that uh, we become the average of the people we spend our time with. And the other one that somebody once mentioned to me, and again, it just makes you think about the numbers. And that is, there's a reason why there's six handles on a coffin. Now, of course, that's not an absolute. But again, when you think about it, the real people that you can count on when the chips are down, you know, it's probably 10 people, if you're lucky, that you can really do that with. So... I said to these, uh, uh, to two people actually who've uh, asked that question in the past, I've said to them, think about the people whose funeral you would absolutely not want to miss. Make a list of them, write them down. And then at the side of them, put down, when did you last see them face to face? And when did you last actually speak to them? And I did the exercise myself and uh, even I was quite surprised. So there's a little hint and tip. Think about those people that are important and... When did you last actually speak to them? Hey, don't forget to mention. So in this week's Don't Forget to Mention, I came across something I'd heard years ago and just totally forgotten about. And it was a saying, we often overestimate what we can do in a day or a week, but we underestimate what we can do in a year. And that fits rather nicely into the second half of today's show. So, back to the podcast. In the second half of today's show... I'm going to talk about the daily mindset. So what do I mean by the daily mindset? Well, what I mean is how we should be setting ourselves up for a great day. Not just any day. Not just a good day. But a great day. And I have my own sort of ritual, routine, call it what you will, as to how I do that. And it's all based around the Imaginology way. And it all starts, as I've mentioned in the past, with a glass of water in the morning and sitting down with my... Imaginology Way symbol. So if you haven't seen the Imaginology Way symbol or you've not heard any of the podcasts before, either pop back and listen to some of the earlier podcasts or go to the show notes. I've started to put together um, some images that you can start to follow and they will form part of this little ebook that I've been talking about and it'll give you some insight into, into what I do. Now I start with a blank piece of paper and as I've mentioned in the past I prefer pen and paper or pencil and paper in the morning you can use technology if you want it's entirely up to you but I like to start my day after having had a good night's sleep 
Now, I spent 30 years as an insomniac, so it would appear. I used to sleep four hours a night, and I thought that was enough, and I kind of enjoyed it. I didn't actually realise I wasn't getting enough sleep, and it's only in the last five years I've adjusted that. I now sleep for a good seven or eight hours. I don't take any technology into the room. I make sure that uh, I haven't had anything that's going to stimulate me. I only read a book. I don't look at any technology at all for that sort of uh, last hour before I go to bed, and I sleep like a log. I love my sleep. But I still get up at five in the morning, I get my blank piece of paper, get my pencil, and I draw out the symbol. And I go through eight steps. I go through eight simple steps following the symbol. And if you follow the notes uh, at the end of this, uh, in the show notes, I'll actually lay them out for you. And I start with one, which is my mind. That's all around meditation and self-hypnosis. And of course, sleep. I like to start my day on sleep. Secondly, I look at activities, the exercise I'm going to do that day. I'm going to think about the food, the drink and my breathing. The third thing I look at is the spirit, which is all around beliefs, purpose, religion, faith, those kind of things. Different for everybody, but I need to think about them. Four is about time, including me time, but it's not about planning. And I'll come back to that in a moment. Five is the focus word for the day. This is a thing that I want to make sure my mind thinks about throughout the day. The sixth symbol is all about direction. The direction I want to move in to make sure I can underpin my spirit, my beliefs, my purpose, my religion, etc. And then seven, I like to think about the environment and other people. And eight is all about myself, being kind to myself. And if you look at the image in the show notes, that will start to make sense. So why do I do all this? As I mentioned, this is not about time management. This is not about me sitting down and putting some bits and pieces in that I'm going to do throughout the day. By thinking about these eight things as I draw out the symbol and putting some words or pictures that associate them for me, I'm setting up my mindset for the day. I'm basically setting up my mind that in the back of my mind it'll be thinking about these things throughout the day whilst I'm doing all the things that I need to do. And it genuinely opens up opportunities for me and I start to see things. And if nothing else, I definitely start to see things in a much more positive way, which is really, really important. Now then, I want to come back to a question I got asked that I didn't cover in the first part. And this was all around goal setting. So the Imaginology Way was based around having dreams, setting ourselves some goals, having some plans that underpin those goals, and then having some actions that deliver on those plans. And I got asked the question about goal setting. So as I've mentioned, my morning routine is not about setting goals specifically. These are about mindset changes for the way I want to live my life. But when it does come to goal setting, I uh, I just wanted to bring a little bit of information to people's attention on today's podcast. And again, we'll start to go a bit deeper in the coming weeks. So when you think about a goal, uh, if you've ever spent uh, time in university or school and or, or in business, you've probably come around SMART goals, come across SMART goals. Well, about 10 years ago, we started a different word, which was SMART them up. And basically, these are what the letters mean. And again, I'll add these to the show notes. So all your goals should be S, specific and meaningful. So make sure that they're very specific so you know what you're aiming for to get to those dreams and that they're meaningful to you. And the M is measurable and stretching. So, of course, you need to be able to measure it to know that you've done it. But do make it stretching. You know, you've got to try a little bit harder, push that little bit further. Otherwise, you won't achieve where you want to go. The A 
is achievable and appealing. So we need to make sure the goals are achievable, but they need to be appealing to you. If they're not appealing to you, you're not going to invest your time and effort in doing them. The R stands for realistic. So do make sure they're realistic. What I mean by that is, there's no point in me saying, I'd like to be Miss World representing Brazil, because it's just not realistic. T stands for timed, so that we actually understand the time frame in which we want to do it and set some realistic milestones along the way so we can check our progress. E is enthusiastic and positive. So when you think about your goals, you want to be able to invest yourself both enthusiastically and positively towards achieving them so that on those days when it's a bit tricky and a bit hard, you're still going to drive forward. N, natural to your own preferences. So when you're setting a goal and thinking about how you're going to get there, think about the attributes that you have today and how you can actually use those towards getting to that end goal so they actually favour your own preferences. U stands for understood by yourself and others. So make sure that you really clearly understand what it is you're going to do to get to that goal and share it with others. That gives some accountability. They may have similar goals and want to do it too. And then the P is prepared for the road ahead. So you have to make sure that you are prepared. So you have to certainly make sure that you've got the resources available to you so that you can actually achieve those goals. I'll mention them in the show notes, as I said, so you can see the word and you can see what we've put on them. And then those people that want to set some goals can actually start to do that. But remember, the time you give yourself in the morning, that fresh glass of water, sitting down, doing your own symbol for the day, is about a mindset change. It's not about time management. It's much deeper than time management. It's much, much deeper. It's a life commitment to making sure you can spend your life doing the things you want to do. We haven't really spoken about hypnosis today at all. Uh, probably actually not for the last couple of weeks while we'll be doing interviews, etc. But one of the things you can do in the morning, as I've mentioned in the past, hypnosis, nice physical relaxation, nice mental relaxation. When you get that first glass of water in the morning and you sit down with whatever system you're going to do to capture your uh, thought for the day, let's call it that, it's a good time to practice some breathing techniques. It's a good time to practice being in touch with your body that you can relax it. Good time to practice steadying your mind. So, take some breaths before you start. I love to start with three deep breaths. And the way I do it is, breathe in for say a count of three. I'll hold it for a count of six. And I'll exhale for a count of nine. And I'll repeat that three times. Really steadies me and gets me in a great place. And in fact, breathing is so powerful. Hopefully there are a couple of people I'd love to interview who are real specialists in, in breathing techniques and uh, can actually give us some insight into the things you can do with breathing. So why not try? Get that glass of water, sit down in a nice quiet place on your own, ready to just capture your thoughts and just take those breaths. Breathing in for three, holding for six and exhaling For nine. Repeat that three times and then just close your eyes and just visualize your body and feel your body, every toe, every finger, every part of your body. Get you into a great position, ready to capture those thoughts for the day. Hey, what's on next week's episode? So next week, we go back to an interview. I'm interviewing Jess Hillard. Jess Hillard's a student at Oxford Brookes University, and she's in her final year studying nutrition, and she's a great all-round athlete. I'd literally just finished reading the book, 
spoon-fed by Tim Spector, who was a consultant at King's College in London. And in his book, he talks about when a doctor's training over six years, they actually only need to do 23 hours of training on nutrition. And something like 73% of all schools that teach this stuff don't even teach the 23 hours. So it's going to be interesting speaking to somebody who actually studies this professionally. And hopefully over the uh, coming months, I will also be speaking to some real food experts as well. And I will sum up some of the, uh, the messages that's in uh, Tim Spector's new book, because I found it really fascinating. So I hope you have a great week. Remember, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and take action. Bye for now.